Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 543, recorded live on Saturday, January 13th, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who's going to be doing some cleaning and organizing today, Dave Pillay. Hello, hello. And the man who still has his Christmas tree up behind him, Andy Lowe. Hi. You might want to do something about that. <laughs> it was, it was three weeks ago. Well, it's a, it's a fake tree. Yeah. So, so I get that. Otherwise, I'd be really concerned. Yeah. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, put it away. No, we probably should put it away. Get out the boxes and put the ornaments back in the boxes. And yeah, do all the things. Yeah, I might think we. Well, I think we were gonna put the ornaments away. We're gonna separate the ornaments out into breakable and non-breakable ornaments. Okay. So you can leave the breakable ones away or at least put them higher on the tree? Yes, because I have a feeling... Next year? Next year, yeah. <laughs> Isaac How was is, baby's first Christmas? Uh, It was... Uh, he had no idea what was going on. No, so, of course not. Yeah. He's, he's like six months old now? Uh, Six months in five days. Yeah. He's got no idea what's going on. Nope, no, he doesn't. But yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna be moving here shortly. He's like on the cusp mm-hmm. of crawling, doing the like I can roll over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can scoot himself around, no problem. Whoa! But he's not like crawling, crawling. Like uh, uh, earlier this week, he had a he had a fever, and so he had to stay home from daycare oh. for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you know I have the the separate sick days, then my PTO days, I uh, I took that, which I remember I gotta go fill out the paperwork for that. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So I sp- I spent the day at home with him, and then you know I set him on the floor playing with his toys, and I was gonna go make him a bottle. I come back, and he he is not where I left him. <laughs> I come in the room and I'm like, where the hell is Isaac? Yeah, he had scooted himself like behind one of the, the couches in our room. And we're just like, whoa, how'd you get Oops. all the way over there this quickly? Just wait, man. Just wait. I know. We've already started baby proofing some of the stuff there. And then we're going to have to, you know, baby proof the rest of it. And we're going to have to get the drawer stuff here soon. And it's... At least he's not standing yet. So we can just keep the stuff all on like the, the ground area. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't yeah you don't need to, to move it up to the top shelf yet no nope 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 now we just you know put rubber bumpers on the glass tv stand that we've got so so that when he inevitably walks into it yes not being aware that it's there neat yeah take down your christmas tree dude <laughs> but it's it's so festive when I come home and it's all lit up there in the corner and everything. You're also, I should, I shouldn't be surprised. You're the person who starts listening to Christmas music on November 1st. I, no, I don't listen on November 1st. No, 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 no. No? No, I don't. I, I do what? not listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Okay. I am annoyed. I thought you were like, all right, it's on the radio now. So that means it's good to, to listen. No, I... So, um, for a while, most of our stations in the area, um, never did the switch over to Christmas music, but this year one of our stations did and you could tell, let's see that we switched the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. There were other people who had switched already and we're just like, really, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. And you guys have already switched over. Um, evidently so. Yeah. 
Uh, so we looked at the, uh, yeah, you could tell we have internal like systems in the building. So, you know, while your people are sitting there waiting to talk to somebody, they're playing the radio station. Yeah. We had already switched that over to the other stations by Monday. We did not, um, we did not, we did not want to deal with that already. Okay. So yes, even, even us at the radio industry did not want to listen to sick and tired of that. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a little more reasonable. Yeah. No, as <laughs> the day after Christmas, um, so I popped into work for a little bit. Yeah, no, the, our front desk lady had already, you know, gotten the box up and put the Christmas tree away just without even blinking an eye. It's just like, nope, Christmas is done. Boom. As it should be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm of the firm and full opinion that Christmas music should not take a quarter of the year and Christmas trees come down right after Christmas. Yes. You you get your you get your possibly 30 days and that's it. Yeah. Ah, humbug. Is that the longest stretch between Thanksgiving and Christmas or no? Ah. Uh-huh. Because Christmas is always set. Yeah. Thanksgiving moves around a little yeah. bit. Stretch between. Yeah. Somebody's bound to have tried already figured this out. Um, okay. <clears throat> 2012 was actually the longest day. 32 shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because that, that's the most possible as Thanksgiving fell on its earliest potential date of November 22nd. The shortest is 26 days, when Thanksgiving will fall on its latest potential date of November 28th. So there we go. Between 26 and 32 days. Fun fact. Okay. 2018, 32 days. Yep. You see, I I knew somebody had probably already figured that out. (laughs) Of course they had. It's it's the friggin' internet, man. Yeah. Everything is already figured out. Okay, look, yep, somebody's already figured it out. Okay. That was my musical finger typing. Yeah. Sorry, I've had, I've had, I've had some coffee. I, I gather. (laughs) How long have you been awake today already? Actually, not that, well, not that long. Uh, Because he was, I said, got me up at uh, 2.15 and I went back to bed around 3. And then, um, Kate... Uh, got woken up by him around, I think six, six fifty, something like that. And I guess she, uh, turned to me and asked, um, if it sounds like he's actually awake or not. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, at three o'clock, which was not the answer to the question. So <laughs> she just let me sleep yeah, and then got me up around 10. So I, I got at least a good, you know, seven hours there. That was good. It was weird though. My dream was I was literally trying to escape from prison. <laughs> I wonder how many new parents have that dream. I don't know, but I, you know, it was one of those things where I, because I, you know, I woke up from the dream, and since, you know, I was literally running to escape from prison, I was a bit adrenaline rushed. Yeah. So it was like, when I woke up, I was, I was up. You were like, all right, let's go. Yay, and I'm then not coffee going on top back of that. to prison. Yay. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. You poor, poor thing. How's uh how's Hearthstone, Andy? Oh, it's good. I've been doing some uh, d- uh not dungeon runs because I finished those. I've been going back to the arena. Yeah, doing arena runs. Yes, it's actually congratulations good. on finishing your dungeon run again. Thank you. I still have not managed to get any farther. Yeah, my last uh, let's see, four and three, three and three, three and three, six and three, six and three, three and three. So it's good. I've almost gotten it to I'm where I'm. My average is above three wins for all um, classes for um, arena runs. Mm-hmm. My hunter and druid ones though are are still below the mark, but I I I can't play them if they don't give me the option to play them. So. <laughs> 
Cool. So, should we uh, should we talk about CES? Yeah, I guess it happened this week, and we've been talking about it for like the last three weeks, saying, "Hey, it's coming around the corner." Yep. And it, it came around the corner and my, was, like, wholly underwhelming. My favorite bit, though, was the fact that the convention center lost power. Oops. During CES. Oops. Yep, there was a... Someone uh, plugged something in that they weren't supposed to? Uh, let's see. On Wednesday, the Las Vegas Convention Center had lost power at 11.14 a.m. and was restored shortly after 1 p.m. So almost two hours. Almost two hours, CES was out of power. A electronics show yes. had no power. Yes. I bet you the booths for, like, Anker were packed. <laughs> Anyone selling a, a or like demoing a uh, uninterrupted power supply, a UPS, had to be like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> hey, guys, come look at our stuff. This is the perfect time. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's hilarious looking at some of the pictures that people had posted of just, you know, rows and rows of TVs that are just all off. Yep. Oh, that's got to suck. Yeah. Two hours. Uh, supposedly, um, it was the um, the rain. Um, the rain. Yeah, the rain in Las Vegas uh, literally had flooded one of the transformers for the convention center, and so that um, yeah, that killed the power. God, that I I wonder how many people are you know talking to the uh, the CTA, going, hey, can we get some money back? You know, spending thousands of dollars. To have, you know, your booth on the show floor and then losing two hours of power, I uh, I would be pissed. So yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite bits during there. The, uh, the other favorite bit I had for CES was the fact that LG, uh, during their keynote, were trying to uh, demo their Chloe, which is their robotic smart home manager, and it just started to fail during their keynote speech. Oh, I did mention CES was underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, if you ever have a few minutes, the, the worst of CES link that I have on there has the BBC News YouTube video. Allow me to introduce for Chloe. Chloe not working <laughs> during their keynote. Oh, God. Ultimate simplicity. And then, oh, God. Poor guy. Yeah. Laundry folding machine that makes you do most of the work yourself. Yes, the laundry folding machine. Uh, you have to feed the items individually. But... But, but I mean, but if I'm already preparing each individual item, why am I not just folding each individual item? <laughs> That's, that is an excellent question. Now, you could spend um, $16,000 to uh, get the Laundroid, which um, the, the Verge guy thought he broke when uh, he tried to feed his own T-shirt into the device rather than the um, T-shirt that the company was providing. After 15 minutes, the Laundroid opened up to reveal nothing but an empty drawer. An engineer had to go into the machine to pull out the shirt. <laughs> so yes, the $16,000 laundry folding machine doesn't seem to work. And this other one, yeah, you actually have to sit there and individually yep. put the items into the machine. That's Or, or you could pay $3,000 and give uh, your energy consumption to Kodak. Oh my gosh, this is... Why? Why? A Bitcoin miner unit that you can purchase from, of all people, Kodak. When I Which, first, let's be honest, it's not Kodak. This is some other company that asked Kodak for their name. When I first heard this, 
I thought this was an onion article. <laughs> I honestly thought, you know, like, you know, oh, company, you know, looks to the future, creates Bitcoin miner. It's like, what? Why would Kodak create a Bitcoin miner? Because they have no other way to make money. Not only that, um, Kodak gets half of all the Bitcoins that you actually produce. Yeah, not only that, but there's a, a subscription. Well, not really a subscription. You you purchase it and pay over time. Uh, and I mean, there's no guarantee. No. Right? Like, you could Bitcoin mine for years and never be the one whose blockchain gets added. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm looking at the, the pamphlet here on the pictures. Mm-hmm. Subscriber approximate urgings, they have it steady at $375 per month. That's not um, how Bitcoin works. Yeah, that's not a thing. No, like it, it's harder and harder to mine Bitcoins now than it was when you first started. I'm kind of tempted to to download a Bitcoin miner and just let it run for a month and see if it actually does anything. Well, which Bitcoin or which uh, cryptocurrency are you going to do? Probably Bitcoin. You're not going to do Dogecoin? Dogecoin? No. I don't expect that my PC would be able to actually mine a Bitcoin in time. Probably not. God, it's ridiculous. If you're looking at how much power people are using for these cryptocurrencies, you're like, what? Why? Yeah, so that's actually a thing. Uh, they may be consuming more power than the cost of the coin. Oh, jeez. Especially since the coin has no inherent value. And like, yeah, I get it. Neither does the dollar. But the dollar has an agreed upon value. It's a mm -hmm. dollar. Yes, Companies are willing to accept your dollar for goods and services. With Bitcoin, the, the whole reason why Bitcoin has value is because people want it to increase in value, right? Yeah. Like, that's why people want Bitcoin. It's not, oh, I want it so I can buy things. It's, oh, I want it because the value is going to go up. And that's not an investment. That's speculation, which is That's why, that, you know, after Wall Street heard that Kodak was doing a um, Bitcoin miner, yeah. their share prices, I think, tripled or something like that. What? Yeah, look, look at the Kodak stock prices. Tripled? Yeah, it on Monday. It should have gone to Jan a third. On Monday, January 8th, before the announcement, the stock price was right around $3.15. After the announcement on the 10th, the stock price jumped up to $12.40 and is now currently sitting at $9.20. Morons. Absolute morons. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. Oh, my God. It's not from, yeah, it wasn't from the machine. It's that Kodak is trying to make their own cryptocurrency. So, okay, so wait, 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 wait. Not only are they building their own miners, but they're making their own crypto... Why? Because it's 2018. Oh, so, oh, that's interesting. It's not even for currency. Utilizing blockchain technology, Kodak One platform will create an encrypted digital ledger, blockchain, uh, of rights ownerships for a photographer to register both new and archive work that they can license within the platform. With Kodak Coin, participating photographers are invited to take part in a new economy for photography, receive payment for licensing their work immediately, and for both professional and amateur photographers, sell their work confidently. So, I take a photo. I put it on this Kodak platform. Somebody else wants to use that photo. They pay they can me give you in Kodak funny coin. money. They pay you fake money. They pay me fake money. What the frick am I supposed to do with Kodak coin? Who the hell is sell going it. to accept Kodak coin outside well, of... You could, you could sell Kodak coin, right? There'll be a Kodak coin market. 
I gotta say, I, I read a really nice article, and I, I can go and try and find it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this guy overall. I have some friends who really like him. His name is Mr. Money Mustache, and he retired in his mid-30s as a very well-off person and then explained how he did that and made a blog about it. And now he's a really well-off person. Well, yes, because he made a blog about it. <laughs> he made a blog about how to make money. That's going to yeah, work. It, well, it, it did. I know. It's, it's, the, it's the, the people who sell the pickaxes during the gold rush. Yep. So he, he did write an article on Bitcoin, and I, I actually like his take, and I agree with a lot of it, of saying, like, wait a minute, there's, like, some real serious issues here. I uh, had a couple of people, you know, at work ask me about what's this whole Bitcoin thing. And I just said, just don't. Yeah, just don't. You know, yes, I've known people who got into Bitcoin early. There was uh, my teacher assistant in one of my computer science courses at KVCC got into Bitcoin early, like years early. Um, He got out early as well once he, you know, but he he had mined enough bitcoins that he paid for a two week honeymoon with him and his wife to Hawaii. Damn. For it all out. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I mind enough. You know, I, I said I was going to do this just to, you know, pay for the honeymoon. He got married, sold his bitcoins, went on his vacation, and he was happy. He's like, yep. I did it. You know, it was I asked worth him, it. You know, if he was going to plan on going it back now. And he's like, no, it's it's way too difficult now. You know, yep. the the amount of return versus what you put into it is just ridiculous. We missed it. We, we missed the ball on this one, Andy. Yep. Could have gotten in. Could have done it. Gotten in, got on our money, gotten out. Yep. Hated ourselves for getting out. I'm fine, though. You know, it would have been great, but we know enough now to go, nope, nope, uh -uh. nope, 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 nope. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't be prudent. (laughs) Um, Yes, that was me doing a Dana Carvey impression of him doing an impression of George H.W. Bush. Yep. That's how deep I go. Nope. No, no. So was there anything cool at CES? Uh, I mean, I expect so. There's there's usually some cool stuff at CES. Uh, Toyota had a, a really interesting thing. Oh, yeah, that was those like self-driving like box cars or something. Yeah. So these these are the e-pallets and Toyota wants to try and market them as stores on wheels. OK, so they want to so, they want to get rid of the because we, we're already doing, you know, self-driving trucks and cars and everything. And they just want to take the store and put it inside a self-driving car. And then. Right. So if, you know, I want to order, you know, something from Harbor Freight or something. You could actually have the store come to you. Okay. Or you could have like a subset of the store. Because why would the entire store need to be in one thing? No, it just, you know, I'd like, yes, I'd like to, you know, get some wrenches and maybe some, you know, screwdrivers or something. Yep. And then the store could just load up the cart with a bunch of wrenches and screwdrivers and maybe even, ooh, not only wrenches and screwdrivers, but based on predictives, based on saying like, well, other people who are like Andy, who have purchased and looked at wrenches and screwdrivers also often purchase X, Y, and Z. And so then they just load all that up into the cart and they send it over. That's a scary-ass future. Mm-hmm. But it's it's scary because it's so friggin' convenient. The stores know what you want to buy before you do, and they can send it directly to you. So that was one of the big things at CES was this um, e-palette. What else was there? 
Uh, I thought there were there were two TV options that were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, one is, and, of course, you know, bigger and bigger televisions. They was a hundred and it's a hundred and forty six inch display. God damn, that's big. Yeah, they basically like call it the wall display because yeah, it's that big. One hundred and forty six inch. How big is a, a movie theater's screen? Well, depends on what movie theater you go to. Because one hundred and forty inches is a twelve foot screen. Uh, regular cinema screens are usually in the area of 20 to 50 feet wide. Okay, so this is like a half size of the smallest cinema screen. Yeah, so there's that. Um, so that, you know, of course, somebody made, you know, larger and larger televisions. But there was also one, I'm trying to figure out where it is. I saw it in one of the articles. Mm-hmm. It was a TV that rolls up when you don't need it. A TV that rolls up when you don't need it. Yes, okay, 65-inch 4K OLED TV by LG. Define rolls up. Rolls up. Like, you know, you would roll up like a paper towel thing, or just it goes into a roll when you don't need it. That's, I'm I'm still trying to to figure this out of why. Well, what happens if you don't want to have that giant 65-inch TV mounted on the wall all the time? Then you put it in a cabinet. That, I mean... It, but a TV that rolls up, like, it's is the screen going to still look flat when you unroll it? Yeah, the screen That's is still so flat. It, it, it's, it's basically like a, a pull-down window shade, but a TV. So if you got, a, like, a 65-inch TV in your place, mm-hmm. when it's not on, it's a giant 65-inch black box yeah. on your wall. Yeah, and so, so this lets you... Yeah, when you're not in use, it literally just rolls down... Like the like the the projector screens that you see at like you know conference rooms and schools and right. everything just rolls away when it's not in use. That's that's really cool. I'll, I'll admit. Where are all the ports though? The ports are right now on the box. The part that contains where it rolls. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's got to be terribly terribly expensive. Uh, they have not announced a price yet. Uh, let's terribly see. Terribly expensive. Who was this? Uh, LG. Of course, it was LG. Yeah. Of course it was LG. Uh, Sony made a projector for their TV. Yeah. That uh, doubles as like a coffee table, but against your wall. I don't know what you would call that. A a coffee table against the wall. A table? A shelf? Yeah, something like that. So it looks like a piece of furniture, um, and it's a couple inches away from the wall because it's a projector. But when, you know... But when not projecting, you can just use it as a shelf. Yeah. Granted, that one is uh, $30,000. Jeez. Damn. CES is expensive. Yes. Yes, it is. What else came out of this? Uh, There's some new streetlights that seem pretty cool. All the ones with the built-in Wi-Fi? Yep. And LED and uh, I'm guessing, I don't see it, but I'm pretty sure it's like solar panels on top so that it's got the power uh htc had a thing their their their, new vive pro oh the the new vr headset yep uh i'm excited for two things one is the uh jewelry that's made from uh recycled computer parts Mm -hmm. and the mouth guard that can actually detect uh severe head impacts i saw that was it a mouth guard i thought it would just go in like the helmet no no it's a mouth guard that you actually wear that will uh, detect a severe collision and you know alert whoever is attacked uh connected to the device that you know a concussion has happened nice oh jeez. huh 
Well, because I'm on Engadget doing their stuff right now. Uh, six minutes ago, somebody had hacked into the emergency alerts that are sent to all the phones and everything mm-hmm. and said, emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Oh, oh, geez. Oops. Yeah, I actually had uh, woken up to an Amber Alert on my phone this morning. Let's see if I can pull it. It was the dumbest Amber Alert I've had in a while. Notification history. Is it in there? Mm-hmm. Amber Alert. Here we go. Uh, Amber Alert. Detroit. No vehicle info. info Two-week-old black female pink onesie. Check local media. <laughs> okay, then. Gee, thanks for sending me that wonderful Amber Alert. That's, that's a lot of very helpful information. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> I had actually gone to a uh, an emergency management meeting, actually, because one of our radio stations is the backup uh, alert radio station for southwest Michigan, because radio signals go a long distance, and so they're... Radio stations are normally the primary emergency alert vehicles for getting your, you know, your EAS, your tornado warnings, that sort of stuff. And a lot of those, a lot of the meeting was just like, we need to, you know, talk to you guys about what you're actually sending us because you're sending us crap. And I feel like, you know, (laughs) this Amber Alert is one of those. And then somebody probably did not secure their system and then therefore sent out an emergency alert to Hawaii saying that there was a ballistic missile threat inbound. Shit. Someone is in deep, deep trouble. I hope so, because that's not good. Nope. Oh, jeez. Sorry, that just, it, that irks me. It's, mm. Um, what else we got? Um, we have plenty of other topics besides just CES. We should yeah. probably move on to them. BMW did what? Yeah. So BMW wanted to go for the record uh, for drifting, the longest drift. Okay. Which is evidently hours long. So like a longest continuous drift. Eight hours? Eight hours, right? Yep. So to drive a car straight for eight hours... You're going to have to refuel it. You you have to refuel. Yeah. So... They took out the back seats. They put in a fuel cell. So the car runs off of a fuel cell. And then they had a second car drift next to the first car. And there's a guy leaning out the window with with a, a, a hose to fill the fuel cell. Oh, my God. So they're doing they're doing fighter pilot refueling in cars, in cars, just because they want to break the world the record Guinness. for the longest drift. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy. This is this is along the lines of when Nike tried to break the two hour marathon record where they're just like, yeah. OK, you know, we're going to do everything possible to try and break this record. And BMW is like, yeah, no, we can. Let's it, we, can, invent. we can refuel while the car is in motion. God, <laughs> I just love the amount because like it's all it, it's what it's like compressed oxygen and hydrogen, right? Yeah, because it's a fuel cell. So they're going to be doing 15 to 18 gallons of fuel in under a minute. Oh, geez. So this was on January 9th. So did they actually do it? <laughs> BMW smashes the world record with a 232-mile drift. (laughs) 232, jeez. How did the tires stay on the car? (laughs) (laughs) The car was refueled jet fighter style while in motion, and the record for longest twin vehicle drift was also set for having two cars drifting together. 
So BMW had set the record with a 50-mile drift. Toyota came by and said, no, 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 here's a 90-mile drift. And BMW said, fine, screw you, 232 miles. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That's just amazing, right? See, now I'm just imagining, like, the implications of this on the highway. What if, Andy, what if there was a fuel truck driving on the highway, Andy? Yeah. Oh, so we're something like a, like a Knight Rider sort of thing, right? Well, Knight Rider, doesn't he drive into a truck? Yes. I'm thinking, like, I drive up next to this fuel tanker that is just driving along the highway, and it extends out and hooks up to my car. <sighs> Really? Because we have done splash and dashes before on, a, on the cross-country trip. And those splash have and lasted, because I've timed those. The... Those have lasted sometimes as, you know, as short as three minutes and sometimes as long as five minutes in order to actually refill a car and then get back on the road. Yeah. So the amount of, let's see, you're going at highway speeds. Let's say it takes you, you know, five minutes to literally just, you know, pull over to a gas station, fill it up. Maybe uh, Heck, even ten minutes. Seven miles in six minutes, 12 minutes. Heck, we'll just even do that one. So it saves you, what, 14 14 miles if it takes you to, you know, 15 minutes to get off the road and fill up? Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at the the math of it. It feels like it should save you more. It would, yeah, it would save you more because in that 15 minutes that you would normally have pulled off, right? You will have gone another... 14, 15, 16 miles farther down the road. That's how much it's going to right. save you is 16 okay. miles, maybe maybe 20 miles at tops. Okay, probably less because the truck is probably going to be going slower. Yes, that is true. Unless, you know, you hire the race car driver team of BMW to, <laughs> to do it still at, you know, 70 minutes. miles an hour. And, and 15 minutes when you're on a, like, four-hour trip, 15 minutes can still be a lot. I would also, you know, rather actually get out of the car for a few minutes because sitting in a car for long periods of time is not healthy for you. It's just it's just not. <laughs> but uh, speaking of driving, though, I got a couple of self-driving car news topics. Yeah. Um, remember how we talked about the self-driving pizza delivery vehicle that Domino's and Ford were teaming up to do? Vaguely. Where it wasn't going to be actually a self-driving car, but they're going to, they would, you know, tint out the windows to make it look like a self-driving car. Right. Because they wanted to practice and say, like, what would people do? Does it feel like a self-driving car? Yeah. Okay. So uh, somebody, you know, caught up with him at CES and asked him about it. And he acknowledged that the idea sounds silly, but we learned so freaking much, he said. Yeah. Apparently, um, people said thank you to the car after getting their pizza. What? (laughs) People said thank you to the car that they thought was self-driving. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The the driver must have been like, what? What? (laughs) What? Um, so yeah, as people said, thank you to the car for delivering their pizza. Um, customers were not comfortable in tapping in the last four digits of their credit card number as a code, but yep. they were fine using the last four digits of their phone number. Yeah, I could, I could imagine that. Yes, I could imagine that as well. Yes, phone numbers, I can, <laughs> I can, I can block people using my phone number. I cannot block people from using my credit card number. I mean, you sort of can. Yes, by you know turning off my credit card. <laughs> but like, I yeah. 
I'd almost feel best, I think, if they texted me a number and that's what I put in, like a one-time use code. Oh, that would be, yeah, that'd be literally because they they would have to let you know that the pizza is there. Right. You get a message going, hey, your pizza's here. Your code is 3764. Right. I will point out, this was in Ann Arbor, so people saying thank you to the car may just be Midwest nice. (laughs) Um, the other thing is, in the summertime, most people walked out to the car barefoot. Yeah. Which would make sense because, you know. It's the summer. Yeah. Do they not do that with other car? Like, so what? Um, so the, so the people oh, okay. walking out in barefoot yeah. means that the, they need to figure out where they park where the vehicle. The car. Okay. Because you don't want people, you know, stepping out into the middle of the street barefoot. Yep. Yeah, I, I think just text me a code. Yeah. Right. Because then, like, if I'm not the one walking out to get it, I can still shout the code out to someone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would also be good. Hey, pizza's like, hey, here. Andy, What's the, the code? Pizza's here. It's 1335. Yeah. Yep. Not 1337. Sure. 80085. Oh, you can take the kid out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of the math class. Yep. Excuse me. Well, that's really cool. I'm glad that they, they like, followed up on it, too. Yeah. Somebody actually, you know, hey, you know, well, what happened with this? Well, you know, we found out these things. They're also planning on uh, teaming up with Postmates, uh, which will get started by the end of March in a yet unnamed city. So Okay. Neat. So self-driving cars and self-driving delivery cars, more and more might actually be happening. Yep. Maybe they should team up with Toyota. Yeah. Maybe Toyota will make a a pizza delivery car that actually just makes the pizza. While it's getting delivered? Yep. Oh, dude. Granted, I I never actually get our pizza delivered because it's a lot quicker and easier for me just to drive to Domino's and pick it up. Why are you going to Domino's for your pizza? Um, Because it's close. But but you have our bellies like right there. Yes, but when we go to Herbelli's, by the time, you know, we spend all our money on food, we get we get the the 2 for 5.99 deal at Domino's. Ah. Uh. So, you know, we get pizza and the cheesy bread for a lot less than we would, you know, for getting Herby bread and a pizza at Herbelli's. But Herbelli's is so damn tasty. Yes, but it's also not convenient for us to go to. Okay. Cuz we either would have to drive up then to stadium or we'd have to drive over is that Westnage or Center or either way? It's not you know on really on the way for us. Okay. But you have now reminded me that I wanted to do something for lunch, so I just texted that. I suppose if I leave now, I could make it to Herbelli's for dinner. Yes, but then you'd have to probably turn right back around and drive back, unless you want to stay here and then get woken up at three a.m. by you know. <laughs> By a, a screaming infant? Mm-hmm. I do not. I do not want to get woken up by a screaming infant at 3 a.m. Thank you, though. I'll save that for the summer. When he's hopefully, you know, sleeping longer? Yep. Um, a poll done for self-driving cars actually says that Americans are uh, fearful of them. Okay. Asked how concerned they'd be to share the road with a driverless car. 31% they said they'd be very concerned, while 33% said they would be somewhat concerned. See, I'd, I'd be very concerned, but I think in the opposite direction than what's implied here. What do you mean? I'd be concerned because I'd want to be in the self-driving car, and I'd be very concerned about non-self-driving cars. Well, yeah, that was the same thing that happened with that self-driving shuttle in Vegas. Right. It was somebody else not paying attention that ran into the shuttle. Right. 
and which was only like important because it was a self-driving car. I mean, think yes. about how many auto accidents happen on a daily basis. Granted, you still have to talk about the Tesla accident down in Florida. Granted, he was using that in a non-ideal situation. Mm-hmm. And the car, I believe, had informed him, like, no, you, you really should take over. Well, it, it honestly just, you know, it, it encountered a situation that it was not prepared for, which was a semi-truck straddling the lanes, mm-hmm. waiting to turn left. It's like, wait a second, why is the semi-truck, you know, waiting to... Oh, because it's not an actual highway, it's just a divided double-lane road. Yep. So, yeah, I'm I'm much more concerned about other drivers. I mean, I don't like sharing the road with other people anyway. Yes. How concerned are you are, are you about sharing the road with non-self-driving cars? Well, with the amount of cell phone people that I see, you know, staring at their phones while driving... Oh, we're, not, we're not supposed to do that? No, no, you're not. Oh, shit. I know. <laughs> it's Oh, it's 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 a new thing I like to do sometimes. Yeah. Is when somebody is uh staring at their phone and you know, I'm in a gr- large group of people, mm-hmm. is to randomly honk my horn. You know, I thought about doing things like that as well. And my the conclusion I came up to and you are welcome to have your own conclusion. You are welcome to do this in your own way. They're already not driving safely, right? Mm-hmm. Adding in another element of confusion, probably not the best idea. No, you have a point, because now I'm just picturing like somebody staring at their phone. I randomly honk them to startle them. And I bet you anything, the first thing they would do is if, you know, if somebody honks, slam the means, brakes. Hey, go. Or, and yeah. they'll probably, you know, hit the accelerator and then rear end who's ever in front of them. Yeah, that would probably yeah. be bad. All right, I'm I'm stopping that already. Okay. <clears throat> okay. There, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was actually something on car talk that like brought that similar to me of like there was someone who was speeding. And so the guy wanted to like get in front of him and slow down and be like, ah, ha, ha, I'm going to force you to go slower. And they're like, that's not your job. If they're not driving safe, you doing unsafe things is not helpful. No, it, that's just adding to the problem. Let the police handle it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You have an excellent point there. Just, you know, let them do their unsafe things by themselves. Yeah. Doesn't concern you. Gotcha. Yeah. Just be safe near them. Right. Mm -hmm. They're doing unsafe things. Well, then either get away from them, take a different route. Um, I've got two Tesla ish newses that actually have to do nothing with the car. Uh, The roof. Yes. The roof. They've started production is not on fire, it is under production. Yay! It's still really expensive, and I'd only want to do it on a house where, like, I know I'm going to be at that house for a long time. Yes. Long time with no trees around you. How about, like, Albuquerque or something? I mean, I've got plenty of trees around me. They're just not over the damn house. (laughs) Yes. You know, I thought, hey, you know, got a house, we can do, you know, solar panels, and then I look at them like, nope. No, not worth it for you. Nope. It would it would be better for you to purchase panels somewhere else. Yes, like the consumer energy solar panel farm. Yeah. That's out by the highway that they still have not cleared off the solar panels. It's like you have one job to do. Somebody just go out there with a broom and just brush oh, come off on. the solar okay. panels. Two things about that. One, they have more than one job. Yes. <laughs> like Managing a, a solar field is is significantly more than one job. 
Second off, I don't know that you should use brooms on a solar panel. Well, there's got to be something that they can use to clear off the snow because snow on top of a solar panel means the solar panel is not going to work. Not very well. No. Maybe some sort of like electric mesh grid or something on there to melt the snow. Yeah. Like your rear window defroster. But, you know, having a solar panel field completely covered in snow, that's not helping anybody. Yeah, that's the other thing on here. Has anybody done the study of, you know, how these things interact with snow? Because I know right now on the roof of our house, it's covered in snow. I mean, when you say interact with snow, they're roofing tiles. I assume they have have done the tests of weather. Probably. I know we make this joke that, like, uh, Niantic and Tesla and Google sometimes forget that there's a world outside of San Francisco, but sometimes they, they do know there's a world outside of San Francisco. We actually saw, um, Anthony Bourdain's, uh, San Francisco visit on, uh, Parts Unknown. That was actually really interesting. What happened? Um, you know, you know, the show, uh, was it, was it Parts Unknown or, oh shoot, I forgot the name of the show. Yeah. Parts Unknown. He, you know, Anthony Bourdain, the chef travels to various places around the world. And the one we actually just saw last night, because he's on Netflix, so we're catching up. Um, he went to San Francisco, and it was actually very interesting to see how people in San Francisco are reacting to the tech companies coming into San Francisco. <laughs> uh, depends who you talk to. Oh, yeah. No, some of the guys there, it's like a restaurant guy, you know, he opened up a restaurant, and the, the, the venture capitalist people behind him wanted him to make a profit within three months. That's and not... Anthony Bourdain, being, you know, a chef and restaurant owner, is like... Pfft, you're not going to make a profit within the first year of opening a restaurant. Yeah, that's that's not how restaurants work. No. So the guy had to sell the restaurant, and no surprise, it's like a vegan brunch thing that's opened there in its place. Why? I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, what else we got? We should probably move. Um, Zuma may or may not have uh, had problems. Zuma was the top secret launch that oh, SpaceX... Oh, yeah, that... Uh, SpaceX said everything that we were supposed to do worked. Yet anybody, yeah, during a Pentagon briefing, the spokeswoman asked, you know, uh, said, uh, you will have to refer to SpaceX, who conducted the launch, whether or not it was a launch, you know, success or failure. And SpaceX is like, everything that we were supposed to do, we did. Yep. That's weird. Uh, we don't know what they put up there, right? This was a, this was a top secret, like nobody knows package. Yeah. But... NG, Northrop Gun- Grunman, Gunman, I don't know. Uh, they were the ones who, who built the payload and the essentially payload delivery. And then that got shoved on top of a Falcon 9. Yes. And according to SpaceX, the Falcon 9 did everything right. But we don't know if the launch was successful. Nope. All we know is what SpaceX showed us was the fact that, you know, the first stage was able to launch successfully and then land successfully. But anything past that was media blackout. So nobody knows anything other than the fact that nobody has said that it was a success or not. Right. Which, I mean, it's a top secret military project. What do you expect? <laughs> I expect well, Dr. somebody's going to talk to Congress and leak information. Uh, was that successful? <laughs> Right? Like, they're not going to say one way or the other. Yeah. So stop asking. Um, Razor showed off something really cool that we forgot to talk about. Oh, the the laptop with the cell phone brain. Yeah. What did they call it? Project, like, Lyra? Lyra? Something like that. I forgot about that one. Linda. Yeah, that was Project actually pretty Linda. neat. So imagine a laptop that basically has nothing in it. It's a battery and a keyboard and a screen 
and some connectors. And then imagine a super powerful Android phone that you plug into said laptop, like where the touchpad would normally go. Now, I'm pretty sure Dell tried something like this. Dell or Sony did. Of course, it makes sense. No, Dell's Alienware. So yeah, Dell or Sony tried this. I thought one of them tried it. I don't doubt it. I, it would make maybe sense was, for somebody maybe like Asus. Samsung or... No, Samsung wanted to do that with the desktop, right? Whereas the phone, you put it in the, the thing. I think a lot of people have tried things similar to this. But yeah, that was part is, of their, their S8 keynote, right? I don't remember. This is gorgeous, though. This is just very beautiful. Razer may have a good thing here. We'll Razer see. makes good stuff. They That's... Do. As I'm sitting here with a Razer keyboard, uh, Laura has a Razer mouse and a Razer mouse pad. And I'm sitting here with my Dell keyboard and Anchor mouse <laughs> that looks like a Razer mouse, but it's not. Yep. Yeah, the Samsung DeX, D-E-X, was the one where you put your phone in there and it connects to the monitor and keyboard and mouse and everything to act like a desktop experience. Okay. So they Razer just took that idea and made a laptop out of it, which makes sense. Yep. Makes, it just makes so much sense. Um, what else? Uh, Pokemon Go might be cutting off the older iPhones. Sort of. Yeah, no, they're they're cutting it off. Um, yeah, anything iPhone 5 though. or 5C phone, or older will no longer phone, be able to play Pokemon Go. Yeah, and it's, it's really weird because it's phones that can't upgrade to version 11 are gone. Like, it, it won't be supported. But you don't have to upgrade to version 11 you just have to have a phone that could upgrade. <laughs> so weird. So you don't actually have to upgrade to iOS 11 to keep playing Pokemon Go. You just have to have a phone that is capable of upgrading to iOS 11 in order to keep playing Pokemon Go. That was my understanding. It could be wrong, but that was my understanding. Man, it's so weird looking at, thinking that, you know, the iPad that we got my mom for Christmas a few years ago. It's completely out like, of date. so out of date now. It's, jeez, that's just crazy. Sounds about right. Uh, internet sales tax? Yeah, so the uh, Supreme Court of the United States is going to be listening to a, um, a court case to basically try and turn on internet sales tax again. I forgot that there isn't because I live in Wisconsin and Amazon has a presence in Wisconsin. Yeah, Amazon has a presence in Michigan as well, so we have to pay the Michigan sales tax. Yep. So I, I kind of forgot that there isn't a sales tax. Because I'm just used to paying it. Yeah, so they they want to basically overturn that ruling that says if you have you know if you have a physical presence in the state, then you you know the state can force you to collect taxes. So but they want overturn to, it in which way? Do they do they want all companies to have to like all people to pay sales tax for their state, or do they want no one to? Because overturning it could go either way, right? It's no, even if you have a physical presence, it's on the internet. They don't have to pay. The Supreme Court will consider freeing state and local governments to collect billions of dollars in sales tax from online retails, agreeing okay. to revisit so, a 26-year-old ruling that has made it much of the internet a tax-free zone. So probably the, the like, you have the right to tax the sales that happen in your state, even if yes. the company doesn't have a physical presence. Yes. That's, that's a little weird and harsh. Because imagine starting up your own company, right? And you just do like local sales. If someone from a different state purchases your shit, you have to handle that. And you have to pay sales tax, that sales tax back to that state. Yep. That's gross. Like I get it, but it's gross. 
Yeah, I have a feeling that, you know, whoever you're using for, you know, your your, your Square, your PayPal or whatever is probably the guys who are going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, you know, use us as we'll your, your e-commerce, you know, payment site. And therefore, you know, we'll we'll handle all of this for you. I bet you that's what's going to happen. It's like, you know, OK, you know, we'll still charge you X amount of percent per, you know, online purchase. But we'll handle all of the taxes stuff for you. That's what I'm betting is what's going to happen if they overrule this 1992 law. Yeah. So there we go. Um, the Senate is going to vote on net neutrality. OK, right. The, the thing got, got more than 30 signatories. Yes, more than 30 signatories. So the Senate is going to vote um, basically to uh, repeal the recent decision for net neutrality rules. Uh, this is probably a good time to to bring back up and talk about ResistBot. So uh, this is where you text 50409-50409. Uh, if you text RESIST to that number, that will connect you to ResistBot, which is a very, very convenient way of contacting your congressmen and representatives and senators. Seeing if my two senators are already on that. I am sure mine is not. Da-da, choose your state. Michigan. Hey, look at that. Both of our senators. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Sorry. Peters has voted against that. Really? Senator Peters said no. What? All right. No, I got to actually talk to somebody now. Man. All right. I actually got to talk to Peters. Okay. So, yeah. No, Stabenow said yes to the thing there. Peters said currently no. So, all right. Granted, you know, then if the Senate votes on it, it goes moves to the House, which is, you know, probably not going to vote on it. Or if they are, they're going to vote against it. And then even if the House votes for it, it's still going to have to get signed by Trump who was the one who nominated Ajit Pai to be the head of the FCC? Election year. Yeah. Just want to point out, it's an election year. Oh, yeah, no, the Democrats are probably going to use net neutrality as a campaigning thing for 2018. Yep. If this gets voted down or doesn't get a vote, like, that's pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to talk about that's on the list here, or no? <laughs> no, we're good. Okay. So, randoms, then. Yeah. Like I said last week, I am going to review the game Codenames. Oh, I played that game. I know, which is why I'm reviewing it this week. <laughs> I, I understand. I was reminding people about that. Yeah. So um, you don't have to play it with four players, but it's kind of recommended to do at least four players. Yeah. And the idea is you have a grid of just random words like you know horse ninja forest spot and your goal is to get your other person on your team to pick the correct words you are you are given a little guide of what words are your team's words yes so one two three four five six seven eight eight are yours eight are the other team and it's a grid of five by five so 16 out of the 20 words that yeah. no one should pick. There's there's one word that's a bad word that nobody should pick. If your team picks it, you automatically lose. Yeah. And then there's eight of the rest of the words are your words that you want your guy to pick. Eight of the, re- uh, the ones left are the other team's words that you don't want them to pick because if, te- if the other team gets their words picked before yours, they win. Um, so it's pretty great. So like, you know, if I have words, I could try and think of, um, like think of a word to try and get them to guess multiple words. Like if, uh, if the word queen and crown and scepter were on the board, I could say royalty and then three, and then who's ever on there could try and pick three words that they think is related to royalty. 
Now, the downside is, of course, if, like, one of the words is England. And you're like, well, England has a king and queen, so maybe that one kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't play it with with four people. I played it with 12 people. Oh, so you had two teams of six? Yep. So you had one reader on each team, and then you had, like, 12 people trying to guess. So six, uh, five and five trying to guess. And it was, it was really interesting, because I didn't know any of them. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fun, it's, it's a pretty, like, good, you know, introductory game. It's for, a fun you know, game. Like, it, yeah. it, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the timer, though, is the, is the kicker. You, you gotta have a timer. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, they had some interesting house rules about the timer of like, if you, as soon as one team starts using a timer, then the other team can make it worse and then worse and then worse. So there's no timer built into the game, but you can certainly add one. But you, yeah, I, you I think it be actually careful. comes with a, t- uh, a little hourglass. Okay. But there's no hard limit. So I'm Code Wars, it's a fun game. It's, I think it's a really good little icebreaker party game. And there are, you know, since it's been out for a little while now, now they have like, you know, superhero version, Disney version, you know, version that's just pictures and not actually word. Oh, God. Uh, similar in the vein, by the way, to another game called Dixit. So if you like Code Words, I'd also recommend Dixit. No, no, it's not Code Words, Code Names. Code Names, sure. If you like Code Names, then you will like Dixit. Yeah, no, there's there's Code Names Marvel, Code Names Disney, Code Names Pictures. <laughs> code Names I think there's Marvel. an adult Civil Code War. Names as well, in case, you know, you're running that type of crowd. Yeah. All right, sir. I think that brings us to the random topic. Random topic rolled ahead of time the question is uh now that you are insert your current age here what are your reactions when you look at the decisions slash experiences of people at your age 20 30 and 60 years ago i what so we're we're 33 and 32 right yes so 20 years ago this question is asking us to examine the decisions of people who were in their we'll just call it their early 30s, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and 50 years ago. What? I don't know who was in their early 30s 50 years ago. Well, just th- think of the, the generations of what was going on, you know, 20 years ago. So 20 years ago was the 90s? Yeah, oh God, God. 20 years ago was 1998. That is crazy. The early 2000s and, you know, 90s and 80s. So 20 years ago, 1998. I don't know what decisions 30-year-olds were making. I was not aware enough of the world stage to say what 30-year-olds were doing. I, all I know is I have... You know, <laughs> Voting for Barack Obama. Um, right? 19, no, 98. Voting for... We're looking at 90. I was thinking 2008. 98 was uh, people voting for George Bush. No, it was a oh, bad time. Oh, Florida. Yeah, that was the Chad's 2000 election. And... I have a good friend named Chad. One of my coworkers is named Chad. Mm-hmm. What I can what I can really say is, from what I've, I've gathered from watching, you know, different documentaries and other, you know, historical television shows and that sort of thing. There, yeah, historical dramas. No, I hate historical dramas. I God, I was watching. What was I watching? I was watching something. Uh, I think it was like the Cars That Shaped America or something like that. 
cars that made America. There we go. Um, it was a three-part special that, you know, chronicled, you know, the history of, you know, Henry Ford, Chrysler, Dodge Brothers, that sort of stuff there. And they had it for some odd reason. They had John DeLorean in there, which, you know, makes sense. <laughs> He, he shaped nerd culture a little bit indirectly. Well, he, he was a better designer than he was, you know, a manager. Yeah. But it really irked me that they had added historical drama parts to it rather than, you know, just having a historian talk about, you know, this is what Henry Ford was like. They actually had, you know, somebody playing Henry Ford in the thing. And then, you know, it's it's oh, I hate it when people add drama to historical things because that's not, not how history what, was. No. <sighs> Sorry, that's one of the, my irks is the historical drama part of things where it's like, no, you know, let the historians tell you what they think it was like, not, you know, have a scriptwriter come in and, you know, tell you what he thinks they had said, because that's not... Not what they actually said. So sorry, yeah, historical dramas are not my thing. Okay. Um, but watching <laughs> history of things there, people were dicks back then. <laughs> I mean, you know, like looking at the history of Hawaii, we were dicks to the Hawaiians. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't in nineteen ninety eight though. No, I mean, but we continued to be dicks, but that was a long way before well, not a long, like forty years before. It's you know, history is just full of jerks. Yeah. Now, whether that's because the, the jerks are the ones who end up making the history. I mean, there's tons of non-jerks, but they don't, they don't necessarily influence the course of history. True, but there, there are a lot of people who make some really... I, I think I gotta just... I have to say to, to the random question, right? What do you think about the decisions that these people made 20, 30, and 50 years ago? I think that they made the decisions that they thought were correct at the time. But that's probably about all I can say to it, because I don't know what decisions they made. Again, I don't know who was even 30, 20 years ago. Yeah, I get it's people who are 50 now, but what decisions were they making 20 years ago in 1998? God, are they? That's that's the baby boomers, right? Mm, kind of. Tail edge of the boomers. Boomers aren't 50 right now. No, because they were, they were born in... Rumors are the 40s, 50s, and early 60s. Yeah. The Xers were 60s through the 80s. The Millennials were the 80s through the uh, 90s. Congratulations, by the way, you're a Millennial. Oh, God. Do you I have feel heard, like you're a Millennial? I've, I've heard that there's actually another subcategory called the Zennials, which they're, they're on the bridge. They're in that gap between the Xers and the Millennials. But really, I just think that that's a group of old millennials that don't want to be called millennials. Yeah, because no, you know, yes, I'm technically a millennial, but no, I don't want to be classified as a millennial. Cause you you are a millennial, Andy. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to be. Okay, well, you don't have to be because it's all made up. I know. Granted, the baby boomers, that was an actual, like, boom. <laughs> you can... You can see exactly when that starts. But, you know, after the baby boomers, after anything like, yes, okay, you can talk about the the kids that the baby boomers have as a generation, but beyond that, everything kind of just starts to flitter out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, it's uh, the greatest generation, the baby boomers, Gen Xs. Beyond that, everything, I, I just, just, just stop at Gen Xs. God, yeah, the youngest baby boomers are turning 50 in 2014. The older ones right now are, yeah, in their 70s. Jeez, oh, Pete. So yeah, they, they might have been doing the, you know, the decisions that they thought were right. But sometimes you look back and you're like, why did you guys, why? What's going through your head when some of you made those decisions? Yeah, what are your reactions? My reaction is why? Yeah. Why? Just, just why? 
All right. I think now that's the question it. other there is, would you want to be your age now, but living 20, 30, or 60 years ago? No. No. Yeah. No, not at all. No, not at all either. I'm, I'm quite happy with when I'm living. As am I. And on that happy note. Yep. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.